The 25th edition of the Flushing's Finest Podcast starts right now. Little roller up along first, behind the back, it gets through Buckner, here comes Knight and the Mets win it! Lopez wants it away. And it's hit deep to left center, Andrew Jones on the run, this one has a chance, home run! Piazza and the Mets lead three to two. He's fucking out. It has happened. In their 51st season, Johan Santana has thrown the first no-hitter in New York Mets history. Please struck him out. Tears of joy for the 2015 New York Mets National League Eastern Division champions. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Flushing's Finest Podcast. We are powered by Carolina Electrical Services and a part of the Shay Hello Media Network. Josh and Ashton, we're back with you guys once again today. Ashton is back from camp, so we're here to recap the first series of the second half of the year as the Mets drop two of three over the weekend to the Dodgers. They start a three-game set tonight with the White Sox. We'll get into that series as well. But before we do any of that, we start every edition of the pod, as we always do, with On This Day in Mets History. And I couldn't really find anything at the time for, you know, Met games or something like that. But today is a, a very important day in the history of the franchise, as On This Day in 1960, the National League did vote to expand from eight teams to 10, and one of which would become the New York Mets starting a few years after that. So kind of kind of like the, the first birthday, the first uh, the first moment in Met history was the, the league agreeing to expand, and that allowed the team that we all love and sometimes hate, allowing them to come into fruition. Now, Ashton, let's get to what we're here, which is to talk about the team on the field. And, you know, we we, we really we laid it out going into the All-Star break and coming out of it. Like, they have two weeks to, to really put themselves in a position to re- either be buyers at the deadline, be sellers, or just be in a position where they just kind of sit still and do nothing, and it's, and it's it's not going to be easy. You started with the Dodgers. You you got you got to go to Boston this weekend. You got the second uh, uh, leg of the Subway Series next week at Yankee Stadium. Like you've got to beat some really good teams to do that, and they didn't do that this weekend. Um, losing two of three to the Dodgers and losing more ground in the National League East race, where the Mets are eighteen and a half out, and the Wild Card race where. The Mets are eight and a half games out of a wild card spot, and it, it was it was kind of more of of what we've seen from this team the majority of the year. When one aspect of the when one aspect of the team is playing well, the other isn't. And this weekend it was the offense. Three games the Mets scored a combined three runs. They got one hit on Friday, and that and, and the one hit on Friday was a leadoff double that was at first scored a home run for Brandon Nimmo. Reviewed, reversed to a double, and then they didn't. They didn't get a, a hit the rest of the night. And 
you know, Justin Verlander wasn't great Friday, three runs in five innings. Um, Kodai Singa, one run on Saturday. And then Max Scherzer puts together arguably maybe his most complete start easily of 2023. And you could argue during his two years with the Mets, that's up there in terms of one of his best starts. And the game had to go to extra innings because the Mets just couldn't scratch across enough runs. And the bull and the bullpen, as we know, could not preserve a one-run lead because they've they've blown leads left and right all year long. And you, you know, I I I enjoyed the all-star break because it gave me a chance for four days and not to be frustrated by the Mets. But come Friday night. There I was watching them play and once again finding myself frustrated at how inconsistent this team continues to be. I think the I think part of the hitting issues, you got to give some kind of credit to the Dodgers pitching staff because they did a really nice job all week of limiting the Mets. But you're right. Like it was a nice break, you know, just not just not having to just sit and stare at a team struggle and then come Friday night, here we go again. And then just another thing for me is our dad was sitting in the living room watching the game with me and he's just over there cracking up at my frustration as this team gives up six runs and gets one hit by the Dodgers. Yeah, no, it wasn't, wasn't a fun weekend for us. Our dad, lifelong diehard Dodger fan. Um, and he, he's enjoyed, you know, a lot of success in the last decade, winning multiple division titles. He's won a world series. We're just trying to go to the freaking playoffs, but, uh, <laughs> you know, and look, some of it, yes, the, the Dodgers pitching was fantastic. The issue was, was all three starters going into the series had ERAs over four and you, you, you had, you had nothing to show for it. You know, when you look at Julio Urias on Friday, that's the type of pitcher he can be. He's a Cy Young caliber pitcher. We saw that up close on Friday night. But but to get a leadoff extra base hit from Brandon Nimmo and then not be able to scratch a hit the rest of the day, it was just like once that call got overturned from a home run to a double, it was like it he took quit. the life out of it, it. You know, it took the life out of him. And it just really goes to what we didn't say about this team last year. This team is mentally fragile. This team is soft. And it was like once that call got overturned, they weren't tough enough to overcome adversity. And that's what that's what this sport is. Like this is a sport that if you go 3 for 10 at the plate, we tell you, you did a good job. That's the, you know that it's that's that's batting 300. But batting 300 is is fantastic because hitting a baseball is a really hard thing to do. The the issue was was Buck Showalter said after the game on Friday, I didn't like our approach and all this type of stuff. And then they kind of came out on Saturday, and it was kind of more of the same. While Kodai Singa, who was clearly, I think, found his rhythm, found his groove, was sensational again, allowing just a, 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 a solo home run to Mookie Betts, who's continuing to experience a great individual fantastic season. And, I mean, luckily, Brandon Nimmo got a home run to to tie the game to, to avoid the loss. But, I mean, I think that was the thing was, like, you look at the starts. And now Verlanders doesn't qualify as a quality start because he didn't go six innings. But all three of your pitchers gave up three runs or less this weekend, which is what you need from your starters. And you still went one and two. Like, that was maybe as good as those three pitchers have looked back to back to back games 
and you still and, and you still didn't win the series. And I think that's what's frustrating is we have lamented the pitching all year long. Like we have said, we need better starting pitching because we're 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 a, we're an organization, we're a franchise that's built on pitching. If we pitch well, a lot of times we win. That didn't have you know that hasn't happened this year. We come out of the All Star break, we set the rotation up to have our three best pitchers go one two three. They all three produce at a high level, and yet the Mets still fall the series, losing two of three and losing more ground in the National League East and the NL Wild Card race. Yeah, and we finally got what we know we can get from Kodai Singa. And you're right, he has found his groove. I think now it's really start. I think it's now it's really time to start seeing if he can put together consistent outings on regular rest, because I think the Mets are going to be hard pressed moving forward to to run with a six man rotation. They can run with a six man rotation, but I just don't know if they want to at this point. So seeing, but seeing Singa do what do what he did was really was really encouraging because you get that kind of outing from him followed up by more good outings from Scherzer and Verlander. And that is what really gives you the hope that they can turn it around. But the bats have to wake up first. Like, what are we doing here? Brandon Nimmo pretty much carried the offense all weekend and he still struggled. Like, what are we doing here? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's just one of those things where, you know, you're pressing and stuff like that because you're playing in tight games. So you're trying to you're trying to be the guy that 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 can get you the get the offense out of a slump. And, you know, this past weekend it 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 just it did not happen the way that we wanted it to, the way that they wanted it to. But right now, like at this point, like they need to. Like they, at some point, they've got to put together a complete, a complete series, and complete that's the. Series. We need to complete twenty games. We need a run. We need to go fifteen and five for twenty games or something like that. Yeah, but I mean, you got to start somewhere, so you got to start with the series. Right. And I think, I think that's the thing that like is is the most frustrating. Like you go back to the middle of, I believe it was the middle of May. When you know you you took two or three from Tampa, then you sweep Cleveland. We thought, okay, they have arrived. They're gonna they're gonna you know be the type of team that that we expect them to be. That didn't happen. Well, then you sweep the Phillies at the end of May, going into June. You get three games above five hundred. We're like, okay, now's when they're gonna take off. They get swept by Toronto, followed up by getting swept by Atlanta. And and then ever since then, it's just kind of been, you know, worse and worse. Like, you're talking about a team that since they came back from their first West Coast trip, where they were 14-7, and seven, they have the third worst record in baseball. The third worst. And, With the highest payroll in baseball, too. And, and, I, and I think the thing is, is like when you look at, when you look at this Met team and this organization, like everyone is at fault. Billy Epler's at fault. The players are at fault. The the bench and the, the the pitching staff is at fault. And then Buck Showalter, I think, is is really at fault because the way he he managed the bullpen this past weekend was a borderline fireball offense. I I don't get how on 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 Saturday night in a two one game you you don't ask David Robertson to pitch the ninth. 
and you 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 see the game get blown open and 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 you lose very non-competitively with really no chance to come back in the ninth in the rally after giving up three ninth inning runs. And then on on Sat on Sunday, where you you get a tremendous outing from Max Scherzer in line to get a win, could really boost his confidence and stuff like that. You turn it over to the bullpen. And Trevor God immediately sees the lead uh, disappear, but you then asked then you asked David Robertson to pitch the ninth and the tenth, like if he was okay to pitch the, to pitch the ninth and the tenth inning once the game went to extras, why could he not pitch the eighth and the ninth and get it and get a six out save, like like and those are the little things that at this point you can't you can't afford to get wrong because like had had the Mets lost Sunday that's it you're done. You get swept. Your 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 one of your aces gives arguably his best performance of the year and one of his best outings as 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 a Met over the last two years. And then you were to lose. There's no coming back from that. But you still almost blew the game. Luckily, you know David Robertson did what you should have trusted him to do in the eighth and the ninth, and the ninth and the tenth, which was hold the game at bay to allow Luis Guillorme to record his first walk-off hit in the bottom of the 10th. But, I mean, I, I look at those mistakes by Buck, and I'm just – like, you, he didn't make those a year ago. And, and so when you look at this team top to bottom, everybody's off. You know, the general manager was off in how he put together the roster. Buck Showalter was off in the way that he manages his bullpen. And then the players are off with their performances on the field – on a consistent basis, and I, I I don't know if that makes it more reassuring that everybody is to blame for where the Mets are, or if it's more frustrating that everybody's to blame. I don't know, but you know, in all in all of my years watching sports and seeing a lot of my teams fail consistently, it, it feels like there's one or two things that you could look at and say, yeah, that's the biggest reason why. With the Mets, it feels like every time you open a new door. There's a new reason why they're underachieving and having the most disappointing season in recent baseball history. Yeah, and we've had a we as Marlos tend to have a lot of um teams that just don't go our way. We're Dallas Cowboys fans. They haven't made the Super Bowl since 95. You and me are Mets fans. So just the constant frustration is just like it's just annoying. And you know, Buck's been Buck's been kind of off all season. If you really think about it, he's made he see it seems like he's always making like one or two questionable moves almost every single series. So it is kind of nice to see that the the blame isn't squarely on one person, but it's kind of spread around. But I just I you just don't know what to do at this point if Met, if you're a Mets fan. Yeah, no, I just come on here and, and yell virtually once or twice a week. All right, let's transition um, to this week's series at home against the White Sox. Uh, another team that um, is, has, has underachieved mightily in the AL Central. They're 15 games below 500. They did take two or three over the weekend from the Braves. But, you know, Tim Anderson has gone uh, almost, uh, I think it's now a year to date without a home run. Um, their their pitching isn't good. They've they've struggled to score runs. I mean, they they've they've been a they've been a borderline disaster out there 
you know, in 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 Chicago. And, and I look at this series as really the last chance for the Mets. I mean, th- this this to me, this feels like you've got Carrasco tonight, so you kind of just got to live with the result. Verlander set to pitch tomorrow. And then a guy we're going to talk about a little bit more in depth in just a minute, Jose Quintana, makes his debut on Thursday. This feels like this has to be a sweep. At at least you got to win the series. But I, as someone that predicted the Mets to make the postseason officially last week when Anthony and I previewed the second half of the year, if that's going to come to fruition, this feels like a, like, 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 like a series that the Mets need to sweep. When you look at this, this three-game set with Chicago, is this the last chance for the Mets to restore hope in you that the Mets could play playoff baseball in 2023? Why does it feel like almost every series is a last hope at this point? Because that's that's where you are when you're seven games below 500. I mean, I think you're lined up for a potential sweep. You've got Carrasco, Verlander, and Quintana, the projected starters. But so I'm not going to say last hope because at this point, like what even is a last hope at this point? Because there's still plenty more baseball left to be played. They are eight games. They eight. They are eight and a half games back. I do think we at least need to win this series, though. Like you, you lose this series, then you're dead. But and especially with the pitching matchups being potentially favorable, I do believe that a win in this series is definitely within reach. So that's what they need to do. Yeah, I mean, like I, I think if 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 they were if they were to lose this series. There's no question about it. You're going to be sellers at the trade deadline. Um, I don't see them winning the weekend series in Boston. I don't see them sweeping the the two games set with the Yankees next week. And at that point, you're kind of just treading water, and um, you, you know you're just really just inching closer and closer to to the deadline. So, um, you know, let's let, let's talk about Quintana because I mean this was a big acquisition for the Mets in the off season, like. When they brought him in, we were all very much of the opinion of, okay, they've really rebuilt the pitching staff nicely after seeing Jacob deGrom leave for Texas, Chris Bassett leave for Toronto, and Taiwan Walker leave for Philadelphia. Like, Because you bring in Verlander, who hasn't lived up to the expectations. I think Kodai Singa being an all-star, you know, a, a 3.20 ERA, I think he's been as good as advertised. Well, this was the guy that everyone said, like, look, even if Quintana was your number four pitcher, he's a really good number four because he's been a you know a, a one or a two on different staffs during his time uh, in 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 the big leagues, and you know he was six and seven last year across two different teams, the Pirates and the Cardinals, um, had a two point nine three ERA, gets hurt in, in in spring training, pretty much we knew right away he was going to miss some time. Now he's finally set to make his his debut. He'll he'll pitch the series finale on Thursday. And you know, you mentioned the six man rotation earlier that the Mets could opt for it. I think they showed over the weekend with David Peterson going to the bullpen. Unless you know they're going to use bullpen games moving forward. I don't know how much of that's in the cards right now. I don't know how much sense that makes because. Um, you know, Kodai Singa, like the data proves on six days of rest versus five, he's much more, he's a much more efficient, much more dominant pitcher, but with a compromised bullpen, you got to do what you got to do. But this could be, you know, we're talking about this series being 
kind of like the last chance. This this return could be something that does jumpstart them because now you've got another quality pitcher. Now Carrasco is just your what he was last year, your number five pitcher, a guy that can go out there and there's not a lot of pressure to perform at a high level, start in, start out. Like Quintana can be has all star capabilities and, and that type of stuff. So when you look at the return of Jose Quintana, as someone that just said a few minutes ago, this isn't the last chance for the Mets to really turn this around. Could his return spark a run that that that, that we've been talking about? The Mets need to go on to put themselves in positions to not be sellers at the deadline two weeks from now. Yes, because because if if Quintana proves to be the missing piece that turns this ship around. I think, I think we, I think I won't be surprised because of what you said, because he's been a very good pitcher for other staffs. I mean, 2.93 ERA would, if I'm not, if my memory serves me correct, that would be the best starting ERA for any of our pitchers right now. Am I correct yes. on that? Yes. So if he can just come in and do that, then I think that could end up being the missing piece. Now, this series in particular, not really, but in the near future, like he's lined up to play against the Yankees on Wednesday the 26th. Like that's the kind of game that we need him to really prove that he's going to be, you know, here here to stay and the missing piece that's able to turn the team around. Yeah, I mean, I, I, one thing that I do, I guess, I do get worried about or do be concerned about is how much pressure does he feel coming back and – does he try to do too much because he knows that, you know, um, th th this team needs to play with a sense of urgency? But, you know, he he's experienced. He's a vet. He's pitched in, in big moments and stuff like that. So I, 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 I don't really worry about that. But, you know, this is going to be the first time that we get to see this rotation at its, at, its, at its full capacity. I mean, I think we've learned the hard way that Tyler McGill and David Peterson, they're just not – big league pitchers right now, at least not on a consistent basis uh, for that matter. Um, and, and Carlos Carrasco, you know, yes, he won 15 games a year ago, but he also did so working at the end of the rotation and stuff like that. Um, and a lot of times because of the starting pitching you got last year from DeGrom, Scherzer, Bassett, Taiwan Walker, he wasn't dealing with the taxed bullpen if he had a short start. And I look at this as as another way to to protect the bullpen. Like when the Mets lost on Friday, it was I think the fifth or the sixth time they lost a game where their pitcher pitched into the sixth inning, which is just remarkable. They were twenty seven and four coming into that game. Yeah. So yeah. So they lost Friday, lost Saturday. So they were twenty seven and six, and they won Sunday. So now they're they're twenty eight and six. Are you thinking about this? They've the played nine, 93 games. Or no, yeah, it was five innings. So yeah, they're they're 28 and 5. They're they've played 93 games. Only a third of them has their starting pitching pitched into the sixth inning. That's, that that's 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 inexcusable. Uh, but that's that's the reality of the situation. And so if Quintana can be a guy that can come in and give you six innings of three-run ball or less, he'll be able to say, look, I'm doing my job. And and, th and that's the thing is that 
at, at some point, you know, if, if this thing is going to get turned around, there's got to be a gelling. There's got to be a, a – and that was the thing last year. It felt like when someone got down, someone else picked, you know, picked the other guy up. That hasn't been the case this year, in my opinion. Like, Buck can talk about it all the time. I just don't feel like that happens a lot. I feel like when when someone gets knocked down, they just kind of get left there to pick themselves back up. And um, it's it's a hard thing to do when you play 162 games. That's why the clubhouse is so important, and that's why chemistry in baseball, I would argue, is as important as it is in any other sport. And, you know, the Mets haven't experienced great chemistry so far this year, but you know the the good news is is that there's still time, um and and, and hopefully this series is a launching point because you're playing a bad baseball team, um a team that's that starting pitching is just as bad if not worse than yours, a team's a team that's offense struggles to score runs, um and like like you do so it probably is not going to be easy. But this series does serve like a good chance, a good opportunity for the Mets to 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 win a series. I hope you know. Hopefully, they sweep them, build some momentum going into the weekend series at the Red Sox before coming back to New York to play the Yankees in the second leg of the Subway Series. So we're gonna have to wait and see. But no matter what, guys, we're gonna be here on the Flushing's Finest podcast talking about it. And with that, it is going to wrap up this edition of the show. Before we let you go, uh, we do encourage you guys to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. You can find us on uh, every major podcasting platform. We're most certainly on Apple and Spotify. Just search the Flushing's Finest Podcast, and we will pop up. We're there. We do encourage you guys to rate, review, and subscribe. That way you don't miss any editions of the show throughout the remainder of the baseball season. Well, with that, guys, this is going to wrap up this edition of the show. I want to thank Ashton once again for hosting with me. We want to thank you guys for listening. And as always, let's go Mets.